Weekly Driver podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality. Visit americantrucks.com for your chance to win $17,760 in upgrades for your truck. Welcome to episode number 36 of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com and an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My colleague and friend, as always, is Bruce Aldrich. And this morning we have... Jen Jones with us. She's an autos writer for LendingTree, uh, um, an, an insurance company and lending company in the automotive world based in uh, North Carolina. And I noticed the other day a very interesting survey about um, cities that in which people buy the oldest and least oldest uh, used cars. So, Jen, welcome to our program. How's, how are you today? Awesome. Thanks for having me, James and Bruce. I'm doing well. Great. Can you give us a little introduction on uh, the survey that was put out recently about the oldest used vehicles and, and why LendingTree uh, has this survey and uh, an overview of what it means? Yeah, definitely. Um, the survey is about where people buy the oldest and the newest used cars in the U.S. Um, all cars had to be at least one model year old, and we took the data from individuals who completed query forms on LendingTree for used car and light truck loans in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, we did this because we wanted to validate some of the expectations just that we had to see if they were true. Uh, for example, I expected the most populous and hottest cities to want the newest to used cars, and that expectation largely held out. Uh, as for its general relevance, um, I think it plays a lot into um, economics as well as just tire to pavement environmental factors that people see every day. Did you write the survey or was it a team effort by a number of people at, at LendingTree? It was a team effort. So we had um, our senior, senior data analyst and um, our marketing manager all come up with the idea for it. They ran the numbers and then I wrote up what they meant. Gotcha. Bruce? I, I was looking at the, uh, the, the study and the results. It, it looks like the difference between the oldest and the newest was just over, just over two years difference. Um, mm -hmm. what, uh, does that matter when part of your uh, analysis on uh, what you charge your interest rates based on the age of the car? Does that, that must have something to do with it? Gotcha. Um, as a, I guess, a factoid lending tree is not a direct lender, so we actually don't give out the loans, but we're an online marketplace, so we connect the consumers to the lenders. But as far as knowing how the age of a vehicle affects its value and the terms a lender will put on it really depends on the vehicle, and every lender has their own underwriting procedures. But most go by the Kelly Blue Book um, or the NADA black book values. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I see. I so, see. so, and also, I, I was also curious about the condition of the vehicle. It's hard to, does some, I guess your lenders, they must, do they have to put eyeballs on the vehicle if it's from a independent 
seller or do they just accept what it is as long as it falls within the Kelly Blue Book, Black Book market mm -hmm. value range? From my experience at a dealership as a finance manager, um, as they, if you buy it from a dealership, they assume it's in at least good condition. Sure. And of course, dealers have to meet state laws about the warranty of merchantability and disclaimers and inspections. And if you do buy from a private seller, they generally have higher interest rates to account for that greater risk. Ah, okay, I got gotcha. it. That makes sense. Um, Jen, mm -hmm. um, what you mentioned earlier that what you thought might occur with some of the data held true. Was there anything about the survey that surprised you um, that, that uh, you said, gee, I, we had no idea that might be the case. Was there anything that, was, that stuck out that was unusual for you? Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, one of the most surprising things is when we also looked at the most popular brands. So uh, we were pretty surprised that Chevy just dominated. Um, out of 50 cities, Chevy was the most popular in 31 of them. Wow. Um, in theory, Ford should be the winner just based on actual volume sales for new vehicles. Yes. So it looks like people buy Ford's new and then they buy Chevy's used. That was the most surprising, interesting fact of it. Yes. I saw that. And it, was it like Nissan or something came up a, a far second? Yeah, I think Nissan got five cities, Honda got three, and Ford got one. So uh, Bruce and I live in Sacramento, and uh, we, um, my wife and Bruce's wife and myself and Bruce have different cars. And when we saw that Sacramento was the sixth, I believe, were the number one cities, which was Portland, or the or the cities that were at the bottom of the list. Have you had any reaction from uh, whether it's dealers or insurance companies or the public? Have you received any reaction to the survey that that uh, that was of interest? Yeah, we got um, more reaction than usual to um, our studies. It was mostly uh, industry publications, um, such as yourselves or um, a reporter based in Detroit, but a lot of people were uh, interested in it. And I think it's because people are curious as there are so many factors that go into consumer choices, it's just interesting to see the results. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I'm, I'm just looking at the results here just so people know that the oldest cars from the 50 top cities were Portland, Oregon, Salt Lake City, Seattle, Virginia Beach, and then Richmond, Virginia, and Sacramento was number six. They buy the oldest cars. Yeah, 7.45 years, the average used car purchase that that's, seems to me pretty astonishing. That would take us back to, what, uh, 2011 or two, late 2010, that um, the, the average used car. To me, I'm thinking about that, and I thought, if I was buying a used car, I would, I would probably go two or three years or four years, or I would be buying a vintage car. But the, the 7.5 seems unusual to me. Yeah, when I actually read that, I found myself nodding my head the kind of the psychographic factor, uh, the cultural factors, like when I think of Portland, I think of vintage and hipster culture. culture. Right. Me too, me too. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe some vintage so cars going coffee shop to coffee shop or brew pub to brew pub, something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, what, what other reaction, if, if there anything else stands out with you that you, you've, uh, you've noticed, um, like any Chamber of Commerce uh, either saying, well, that's great, or, or maybe they're saying not so great. Was there anything that was from the cities themselves that you, that you heard from, if, if you have? Um, no, I didn't hear, I don't think we had received any city contacting us. Um, as far as other things, though, that stuck out to me. Yes. Um, my family's been an automotive family for a long time, and um, my father always told me that heat kills engines. So I really didn't expect hot places to rank in the top 15 for the oldest used cars. Yes. Um, but Phoenix ranked as 14th. I believe they wanted cars with an average age of 6.35. Yes. It was also surprising to me because usually the 10 largest cities in the U.S. by population are a bit more affluent. They have a larger affluent marketplace. And all of the top five cities wanted newer cars. And there were only two in the top 10 that did want used vehicles. And they were both, um, it was Phoenix and San Diego. Yes. So that stuck out to me as hot places in the top ten wanting older cars. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. Um, just just so we have some idea, and since I haven't looked at it for a few days, can you give us some idea of the volume of cars that were involved and, and some of the data statistics and um, what am I, the overall picture of how many people were involved in this and, and what kind of numbers you actually crunched? Gotcha. Sure. Um, I can't give you the exact number That's that all right. crunched. That's all right. I can say it was uh, in the hundreds of thousands. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. It was in the hundreds of thousands. Um, and let me pull up this here. And also, all the data was anonymous. And we limited it to the 50 largest MSAs. MSA is... Um, metro statistical area. Yes. And in the event that an individual completed more than one inquiry, uh, for example, a person wanted to see a rate they would get on a brand new car, a 10-year-old car, and a 5-year-old car. Yes. We only took into consideration the last entry that they tried. I see. The one okay. with the latest date. That's great. Got hundreds of thousands. I had no idea. That's that's really a quite a chunk of a that's a big number. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. <laughs> and how long did the how how long did it last? How long did the when did the process begin? Um, I don't know how long it took the person to crunch the data, but yeah. I know that the data came over a one year period. Okay. So um, it was the study was data done from 2017 on models that were at least 2016 or older. Jen, do you have other studies like this in mind? Uh, I don't know, other topics? Uh, and is, is this going to be done again? Is this a new annual printout? Uh, well, I don't know if we're going to repeat the exact same study, but I know uh, we're already coming up with ideas, um, spinoffs of this type of study with different types of brands, especially because Chevy just really surprised us. Um, and I know that the pent-up desire for new vehicles from the recession era has largely played out over the last two years, and now the used car market is starting to be flooded with these cars as they age out. Sure. And so we know that 
uh, used car prices are going to be going down and new car prices will most likely be going up because of technology demands and just increased production cost. So used prices will be down, new prices will be up, and it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Sure. And also maybe perhaps uh, with the recent announcement that that Ford made with, um, you know, only making from this point forward, only making two cars as far as I can tell, and uh, going yeah. much forward with their SUV and their and their high-selling pickup truck line, that might be an interesting factor too. Definitely, they're going to be producing the F one fifty and the Navigator. And what I think will be interesting to see is that Jeep is going to start producing a Wrangler-based pickup truck called the Scrambler. Oh. Um, starting in twenty nineteen. Yes. They just closed one of their Ohio plants down from stopping it from producing Wranglers as they switch over the production line. Yeah, it would be really interesting if they could break this, uh, this the manufacturer and break it down to actual car models. Who, what, what kind of Chevys they're buying or whatever it is, Nissan, Toyota? Yeah, that, that would, yeah, it's going to require a lot more time though for us to crunch just sure. the sheer amount of it. Sure. So, so just having a little fun with you are, you, are you allowed to say what kind of car or cars you own? And since you said you're from a car family, what are you driving around? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually driving a Mazda CX-5. Great. Um, one of the tricks to, I guess, determining a car's reliability and value that I like to use is to look at their leasing numbers and see what the residual value would be if you were to lease the vehicle. And it gives you an idea of how the car holds its value. Yes. And so that's yep. that's part of Mazda's, Mazda's doing well in that area? Yeah. The CX-5 was rated very highly. Great. But I've owned Mustangs and Jeeps and if I could, I'd own one, almost one type of car for every purpose. Yeah. That's well, the way. That's the good too. way. Right. <laughs> so that would be the way to do it. How about a vintage car? What do you have your eye on if you could own a vintage car? Ooh. Um, that's a great question. I really love the Cadillac Eldorado. Oh. Just because it's, you know, built from steel and runs like a shoebox, but it's so beautiful. Yes. Lots of steel um, there. Yes, lots of steel. Well, I thought we'd end it on a, on, a, on a lighthearted note, but, you know, your survey is great. It, it's, it's piqued my interest, and we want to thank you for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver podcast. Um, we would encourage people. Uh, is the survey on the actual Lending Tree site? Can you, can you, and can you find other surveys on there? Yeah. Um, if you go to LendingTree.com, yes. let's see, I believe it's just slash auto, and we have... Um, just a library of a lot of studies we've done yes. on topics such as this. We're we're now looking at your at your uh, mugshot. We're looking at Jen Jones oh, on, no. on on the yes, site. Yes, you're there. <laughs> no, no, you're 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 smiling and you're doing you're you're great. So, thank you, Jen. <laughs> thank you, Jen, very thank much. You, James. And thank bye. you, Bruce, for having sure. me on. You bet. <laughs> take care. Cheers. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Today, we're at Pacific Coast Dream Machines, which is pretty much anything to do with engines. Uh, you can be here. And I'm with a young fella named Zane Buck, who has a beautiful Packard. And I was just talking to him about the history of the car. So welcome to the program. Zane, can you tell me a little bit about your car? Hi, um, my name's Zane. My car is a 1956 Packard Clipper. Uh, I've had it for about two years. 
I bought it in a Sausalito, found an ad in Craigslist. Yes. Um, the previous owner got it from a guy in Alaska who at some point moved to Idaho. Yes. And then the previous owner drove out to Idaho and drove Packard back to Sausalito. Gotcha. And what was your interest in, in, in Packards? Did a family member have one or did you read about them or how did, how did your interest? Uh, um, Packards are very old. They were made before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I just thought they were always cool cars. Yes. Um, just like the way they look, looked. Uh, the styling was cool. Yes. Um, it had a lot of technology in it. Yes, for uh, example. So it has a push button transmission. Fantastic. Um, it has a auto leveling suspension. Mm -hmm. So if you put a big load in the back, yes. the car will lower down because of the suspension and then yes. it'll raise it back up. Okay. Um, it Packard designed and built their own V8, which only lasted for two years. Okay. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. Um, and are you are you mechanic and, and what have you done to the car in your two years of ownership? Um, I'm slowly learning. I don't know a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, the stuff I've done personally, I, I replaced the vacuum wipers with electrical. Uh-huh. Uh, I replaced all the shocks on the car. Yes. Uh, a few small things here and there, like oil changes, things like that. Yes. Um, some of the more complex stuff. Uh, we went to, on the, a couple days after we bought it, we found out the master cylinder was going bad in the brakes. Well, that's always nice to find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So we really redid the brakes. Yeah, you did that. I didn't do that. Oh, no. Okay. I had a mechanic do that. Yes. Uh, I was hoping to do disc brakes, but I haven't found anyone yet that has a good conversion for Packards yes. for disc brakes. So that was an issue. Uh, we've spent a lot of time trying to fix the exhaust. It had a couple exhaust leaks. Mm -hmm. uh, it has dual tail uh, exhaust in the back. Yes. For the longest time, we have one exhaust on one, not the other. Oh, boy. Eventually, we got that fixed. It comes out of both now. Uh, and did you buy the color of the car with this color? Yep. It looks like it's in really good shape. It. Nothing. It's, it's, and the interior looks pretty good. Interior, too, yep. That's all the way I bought it. Fantastic. Uh, interior, interior, I haven't really done much. Uh, I put in a radio. Okay. Just so it has the original radio, too, but I put in a radio so I can add check my iPod and yes. uh, play CDs if I wanted to. Zane, where do you live and, and how often do you drive the car? Or is it your daily driver? It's not my daily driver. Oh, no, well. um, my daily driver is a 1960 Ranchero. Oh, even... He's still my beating heart. That's yeah. great. That's great. Uh, I, I like to... I wish I could drive this more than I have. Um, yes. I haven't driven it for about three weeks. This is the first time it's kind of okay. been out of the garage. Uh-huh. Uh, I live in San Francisco, so okay, okay. a lot of hills, a lot of short streets, yeah, so yeah. you kind of have to pick which streets and where to go. Yes. Parking's kind of hard, so it's good for taking drives out to somewhere like, there's a donut place in Redwood City we like going to. Sure, another show? Or? Uh, no, just like a donut shop. Oh, donut shop, gotcha. Drive out, get some donuts, and drive back. What a life. <laughs> what do you do in the real world, Zane? Um, I work for IT at uh, UCSF. Oh, do you, uh, oh, in IT? Yeah. Okay, at USF, okay. Great, and, and you brought your friend along today? Yep, um, he's been helping me figure out what the brake lights. Okay. Uh, he brought a 85L Camino. And you're, it's here somewhere? Uh, it's no. in the parking lot. Oh, oh you, didn't, you didn't show it, okay. And, and you know, I, my wife asked me this question. People come out to show their cars. You, you, you pay a little bit of money to show your cars. And is it, for you, is it just to talk to people and have a good day? Or what's what's oh. the what's the point of, not that, not that I'm yeah. discounting it, but I just want to get you, why you guys came out today is what I'm getting to. This is my first car show I've entered in, actually. Oh, great, great. Um, I usually just drive to the car show, park in the lot, look at the cars, and yes. leave. Yes, yes. Uh, I figured this time it was 
it costs me and my dad came yeah and my friend drove his dad as well great um so it's 25 dollars for one person this yeah. car or to enter it's 50 dollars, and you also get to enter bring another person with you Fantastic. so the price is the same yeah i might as well enter it right and i know it all goes to a great cause yeah. i know that the senior community center and all that it's great so what what are the i mean how did, did they have lots of different competitions or is there one award or how did you know um, i'm not really sure okay I mean, this is like i said it's my first time yeah first time uh i'm not really into the awards i just figure bring my car let people see it see right. what else people brought if i win an award that's great but if i don't I'm... it's a good day in the sun and a kind of sort of sun yep um since you've had your car um sometimes I hear all different kinds of stories. People leave a business card in the windshield or they come and talk to you like I am. Have you got, what kind of reaction have you had since you've owned the car? Actually, funny you should ask. This morning, uh, yeah. I left my car um, out on the street overnight. Yes. I'd have to pull it out of the garage in the morning. Yes. Uh, I come to start it up and there's a card for a roofing service in my windshield wiper. A roofing service? Or no, not roofing. Yeah. I forget. Maybe roofing. Yeah, yeah. Or plaster or something like that. Yeah. It didn't say anything else. I didn't see it on anyone else's car. So I figured someone was interested in my car. Yes, yes. But they didn't leave a message saying, oh, I'd like to buy your car or right. I love your car. Gotcha. I wasn't really sure what it's for, but. Yeah. And other people, uh, you stop at a stoplight, people point. or uh, yep. any, I'm surprised any... the amount of people that recognize it's a Packard. Yes. Uh, all the time I'll see, oh, nice Packard. Yeah, that was That's good. It always surprises yeah. me. Now, have you studied Packard a little bit? And do you know, more, like you mentioned another, I think you mentioned one earlier as well. Um, what, what? What drew your attention originally to Packard? Just the styling, or did you study it a little bit? Or um, I kind of a fan of the underdogs too. Like they only last. Thank you. This is a '56. Right. Packard uh, as a nameplate lasted to '58. Uh huh. So, and this was the last kind of real Packard. The '57 yes. and '56 or '58s were uh, Studebakers. Oh, that's with right. Packard badging on them. Yes. Um, so it was kind of nice to see, like, kind of what they went out with a bang, so to speak. I'm kind of partial to Rambler, so I yeah. understand what you're talking about. Ram Rambler America. Cool. So, um, well, and you guys drove it? Did you have any, yeah. you just drove it, you didn't have any difficulty today? Well, the no? brake lights are out. The brake lights. So we're trying to fix it. <laughs> you didn't get stopped, did you? No. Okay. My friend was behind me, so oh, gotcha. fortunately he was able to. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you very much. We're here at the Pacific Coast Dream Machines with Eva Fortini. And she has a wonderful Westphalia, which are getting more and more rare. So welcome to our weekly driver podcast. Can you tell us a little about your car? Well, we bought this from a person who drove it for a while in San Francisco. Yes. And then he, it was in the movie Mavericks. Oh, it was. Okay. At least it was an extra. They paid him to let it sit there in case they used it. I yes. saw the movie. I didn't really see the bus. Yes. But it was in there. We use it to take our grandkids camping because there's a place to sleep for an 11-year-old up on top. Yes. And there's a seat that goes across the front for somebody to sleep there, a little kid. Fantastic. And that's a really comfortable double bed. Good. Um, I don't know much about these other than I don't see them as much and that I think they've actually re reintroduced a, a new, right. a modern day one. Yes. Now up, up here, when you bought the car, was it was it in really good shape or was it mildewy or did you have to do anything to the car no, when you purchased it? No, it was it? already refurbished uh -huh. when we got it about five and a half, six years ago. Yes. And, you know, we've been keep doing a lot of polishing and keeping it clean, and but it's been repainted and... Uh, we we use it quite often so it's not just a classic it's a, a useful vehicle yes 
Now, did you and your husband have a history with, with other Volkswagens sure. along the way? And, and, yeah. and, and so this attracted your attention right away? Yeah, we raised our kids in the 70s, and so we had a Volkswagen van. Did you? Kids would sit in the back and jump around. We didn't even have seatbelts back there then. No, now, no. Now we got seatbelts. Right. Does it have a little refrigerator and stuff yes, in there, it too? Yes, has a refrigerator oh. right here. Uh-huh. And a sink. We cook outside. We don't yes. inside. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pop-up that um, has given us a lot of pleasure. We take it on lots of Volkswagen family campouts. Yes. Now, some people who... When they see a vintage car, you get all kinds of responses from people. They sure. point, they look. Had, can you can you recall a person putting a business card on your windshield wanting to buy it? Can you, yeah, can yeah. you share a one, one or two stories with me? <laughs> well, listen, it's a star. Wherever we take this thing, it's a star. Today already, we've had, we, it's been on a TV podcast. Oh, okay, great. It's, we've had two or three interviews. The local newspaper took pictures of it. Some guy took pictures of it for a magazine. So it um, attracts attention yeah, quite we, a bit. We had no idea, but the number one question people come up and Please. ask is, what year is it? <laughs> it's right in front of them. So we actually got different license plates now that says, you two happy? Uh-huh. Great. But uh, that's the number one question. And then they start to say, well, we had one of these. Oh, they, they share their history with you. Exactly. Now, I said your name earlier with a T, but it's Forcini. Forcini. And it, is there actually a winery, or did you make yes. it? Huh? Yes. Yes, my brother-in-law's in winery. And where is that located? I in can't... Hillsburg. Oh, in Hillsburg. Dry Creek. Great. Great, great, great. So. Now, when you're on the highway, uh, this car, it's a big car, but uh, does it, like some older cars or SUVs, that, do you feel perfectly safe in it? Does it get wind whipped a little bit? Or? Well, I don't like taking it out in a real heavy wind. Yes. I feel safe in it. We have seat belts, but there's no airbags or any of that stuff yes. like there is now. So, and we have some stickers on the back that kind of um, are indic indicative of how to drive this. Oh yes, faster traffic, keep left. Adventures <laughs> at the speed limit. Okay. Yeah. And and you've got the famous. Uh, Bugs Bunny and, and Elmer Fudd, right? My kids gave us that because my husband likes to duck hunt. Fantastic. And these are the original in the 70s. There used to be these stickers. There's a name for them, which I forget. But... My friend might know, Bruce, because uh, he's got a, he's a VW guy. Yeah, they look like, a little bit like Laughing of that era, exactly, too. Exactly, but there's a specific name for those stickers. I'm going to have to Google it again. I used to know. Okay. <laughs> well, great. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from... AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today.